am Gabriella Spencer, and I'm the host of MX Real Talk, and I'm joined here today by Marshawn Redman. Marshawn, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. Thanks, Gabby, for having me. My name is Marshawn Redman, and I'm excited about being here for the first segment for the All-Star Scholars interviews. We're really going to get into some things today. Thank you, Marshawn. That was a lovely introduction. So today we're doing this podcast for National Youth HIV AIDS Awareness Day. And I just want to give a brief history on what that is. So in 2013, National Youth HIV AIDS Awareness Day has commemorated on April 10th across high schools and colleges and churches and more. This Awareness Day is making big steps towards understanding and spreading the word about problems within HIV and AIDS among youth and celebrating the efforts that they are putting forth to battle against HIV and AIDS. So that is just a brief history about National Youth HIV AIDS Awareness Day. And today we would like to start off with Marshawn. Marshawn was once a youth initiative scholar and now he is here at MAC working alongside. So I think Marshawn would be a very great person to start off our all-star segment for the youth initiative. So the first question, Marshawn, is when did you become an MAC Youth Scholar and what inspired you to do the program? Okay, so I'm going to just start from the top. So in 2018, I was a part of Block, the Building Leaders of Color. And then, you know, just to me checking out the MAC website and receiving a couple of emails, in 2019, I noticed they had a new program called the Youth Initiative. Um, and that was back in 2019. Um, and what really got me inspired in the program, Gabriella, I would have to honestly say it's just me being an advocate for my community. I've been in public health for about five and a half years now. Um, and in my previous roles, I served as a HIV and STI counselor and tester. So I just always felt like I needed, you know, something extra to help me not only personally, but in a professional way as well. So when I saw the two programs, I was just like, oh my God, yeah, I have to do this. I have to do it for myself and my community. Thank you, Marshawn. My next question is, how did it feel when you met your fellow youth scholars for the first time? So like all things, of course, like I was a little nervous. Um, I hadn't been in a space like that in a while. Um, So meeting everyone and hearing their stories of transmission and how they protect themselves really changed my thought process. Um, I I felt safe. I felt like I was privileged to be in a space where we all had similar experiences and backgrounds. Um, just because, you know, some of your coworkers and friends, you know, you can share your stories with them, but they can't really relate to them. Um, but the fellow scholars at that time could definitely relate and understand where I was coming from. And I could relate to a lot of things, you know, they shared with me as well. Thank you, Marshawn. I'm happy that the Youth Initiative was a safe space for you. Absolutely. It's definitely a safe space. Can you describe your experience of attending your first United States Conference on HIV and AIDS? What did you learn? Okay, so like I mentioned earlier, I've been in public health. I've been in a game for a while now. My first United States Conference of HIV and AIDS was with my job, I believe, back in like 2017. Um, I don't remember the year, but I believe the focus was viral suppression and HIV transmission Something around that. 
Um, and then since I was a part of Block in 2018, um, I came back for the conference. I believe that one, one of them was in Washington and one of them was Orlando. I don't remember which one, but I remember one was focused on viral suppression. The other one was trauma-informed care. And I want to say like opioids or transmission. I may be confusing them, but it was a great experience being in, you know, a setting with professionals in public health, um, just because like I mentioned, you don't, it's rare that you're in it, that type of space. Um, I'm from Memphis, Tennessee, shout out to Memphis. Um, and there's not a lot of work being done in Memphis, which is why I took it upon myself to get in the public health field. And how did that experience challenge or change you? I guess I could say it challenged me simply because Yes, I work in public health and I met with strangers five times out of the week, testing them and counseling them on HIV. But it's different when you're around people who also do that. So it's kind of like you're afraid to say something because you don't want to seem like your input won't be valued or you're not as educated as others are because I don't even have a college degree. So it can it came off a little intimidating, but for me, attending it twice. I challenged myself to, you know, sit at a table with someone who I possibly didn't know. And, you know, if you're in the elevator having that conversation, just because I'm kind of, I know this is hard to believe, but I'm low-key kind of shy in a way. I just portray myself as if I'm not. But um, it was definitely challenging just to be in that space and, you know, just be around people who you don't know from across the world, um, and it was definitely an experience that I will value for the rest of my life, definitely. I'm happy to hear that. And I want to commend you for challenging yourself and going into spaces where you're not necessarily comfortable and making sure that you're heard. So I'm happy that you were able to do that. And it sounds like you had a great like first two experiences at USCHA. I do have to say, I do admire that about you as well, because I do feel as if you will include your input in whatever space you're in. And you're unapologetic about it. So definitely shout out to you as well. My next question, what did you do for your HIV community project? It was previously known as your World AIDS Day project. And how did you use your leadership skills to plan and execute your idea? Okay, so... I definely just, I don't know, once you asked me that question, I just thought about my outfit and how cute I was. I'll send you pictures later. But it was interesting, Gabriella, because I had just moved to D.C. Um, maybe like a few weeks before the deadline for the World AIDS Day project was due. So in my head, I had already planned out the organization in Memphis that I was going to meet with. But I got a new job opportunity and I moved from Memphis to D.C. So... Um, it was kind of hard, um, but also you mentioned challenges. That was another challenge for me. But honestly, I still don't know how I did it, but I definitely pushed through. Um, I reached out to a couple of organizations. Um, I didn't hear anything back from them, but one of my coworkers was actually a part of a um, gay men's fellowship advocacy group um, called Impulse DC. So I was able to connect with him. And he was able to assist me with planning everything with food and the venue and a DJ. Shout out to Impulse DC. They definitely held it down for me because without them, I still have no idea what I would have done. 
Um, and for my World's AIDS Day project, I held a mixer. Well, a mixer, and we also offered HIV and STI testing upstairs as well. It was like a three-story building. Um, so like downstairs is where you registered. The second floor was kind of like where the people were mingling, the bar, the food. And then on the top floor, we offered confidential HIV and STI testing. Um, and I basically, I don't remember, honestly, Gabrielle, I'm so sorry, but I just know that I did briefly give a speech around me being positive, um, the importance of getting tested. I have that video too. I do remember that. It was kind of like a event with a purpose type thing. We had condoms available. We had lube. Um, and like I said, we offered testing as well. I just remember those few things. I definitely need those pictures because I know you said your outfit was cute. So I definitely want to see what your outfit was. And it sounds like you hosted a really great World AIDS Day event. Like, it sounds like you had something for everyone. You had testing upstairs. You had mingling and networking on the second floor. And then the bottom floor was food. So that's the type of event that I would love to go to. Right. It was really unbelievable. Like, I had, like, 65 people there. And, Gabriella, I had only been living here for, like, a month. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. No, that's really amazing. And you were really able to pivot from moving from Memphis and then coming to D.C. and doing that project. So I really commend you because I know it can be hard to get in contact with some organizations sometimes because, you know, everyone's busy. So I really commend you for making that happen. And your work was impactful to the community. And I'm sure that they needed it. Thank you. Yeah, I really I really think that it was impactful. Now that I'm really thinking about it, I just know like afterwards, it was like I said, it was my first time publicly disclosing my status. And I just remember people coming up to me afterwards, hugging me and thanking me for it. And I was just like, oh my God, it kind of like made my heart warm a little bit. I was like, okay, it, it was hard, but it wasn't just an I thing. Like I did it for the benefit of others, which is why I was just like, Marshall, you got to push through this. I'm happy that you were able to use your story to help others. That storytelling is truly a powerful tool that is sometimes underestimated. Like you never know what your story can do for other people or what your words can do. So I'm really happy you were able to do that. So it was like a two tear um, World Ace Day project. You had testing and then you also told your story. Yes. And I did a little bit of the social media piece as well because I, I um, advertised the event like on my Instagram, on Facebook, and Impulse did as well. So it was kind of like a mixture of all three because I remember you could like, it was like three or four or five different types of events you could hold. I know like the kissing booth and something like that. That's just the one I always remember (laughs) because you always explain that one. (laughs) So amazing. So um, yeah, Thanks, Gabriella, for that. It was just like just me reflecting on it. It just kind of like made me smile a little bit. I'm happy I was able to put a smile on your face. My next question has to do with, so since you graduated from the Youth Initiative, what have you been up to? LOL. So I have actually been up to a lot. Like I said, I moved to D.C. I got a new job, the best organization to work for an entire world. MAC period. Other than that, I'm kind of just working on myself in a way. Like I'm in a, now I can say I'm finally like in a really good space for myself. Like I've never been 
so happy with myself um, just because I realized that, you know, things that don't make you happy, it it's not a bad thing, you know, cutting those things off. Um, and, you know, change is a little difficult. Um, so other than that, I've just been working on myself, of course, working for my bag because I have to get to the coin. Other than that, get really, that's really all I've been doing in happy hour. <laughs> but, you know, that's pretty much it. I know that's right. You know, you need to get to the coin. So I'm right there with you. Period. <laughs> I'm happy to hear that you're also working on yourself and knowing when to cut ties when you need to and knowing when to say no. So that's really good. That's also a hard skill that many people don't learn until later in life. So I'm happy you as a younger individual know it now because that will literally help you go further in life than anything else. And that's just my opinion. I got to put that out there because I don't know if that's a statistic or anything, but in my opinion, knowing when to let things go and knowing when to say no will help you a lot. No, I definitely agree with that. Um, I'll say it's a our opinion because it's really hard. Um, and, you know, not a lot of people have the capacity to to do that. You mentioned National Youth Day, especially our youth. That's why I just think it's really important, you know, just to educate yourself on a lot of things and have those conversations like we mentioned earlier, speaking to your peers uh, simply because, you know, a lot of people have a hard time letting certain things go and they don't necessarily have a lot of people they can talk to. So also incorporating self-care somewhere into that. But that's my TED Talk for today. <laughs> No, keep going. That's what we're here for. This is National Youth HIV AIDS Awareness Day podcast. We need you to talk to you. We need that peer-to-peer mentorship. So we need this. Definitely. I'll say a few more things. Um, I think, I don't know, before working in public health, I didn't even know National Youth HIV Awareness Day was actually a thing, honestly. Um, but since I have been in the field, of course, we celebrate it every year on April 10th. I think it's very important simply because I remember in my younger years, um, of course, my parents and different ads on social media tried to educate me on sex and STIs and different things of that nature, but I'm not listening to them. I'm listening to my friends, which is why I think peer-to-peer education, you know, is really a weapon in really fighting against HIV and AIDS um, simply because... We're going to we're going to listen to our friends, our family members, you know, our parents and colleagues, our co-workers and other those. We might not the youth may not necessarily listen to them, but your friends hold a, a special place in your heart. So you're always going to consider what they say and not so tune out, you know, so much what they're telling you rather than, you know, adults in a way, which is also why I loved working at my um, drop in center simply because I work with the youth and. You know, I'm a part of the youth. I'm still going to say that. Um, And I feel as if they really, you know, they really did listen to what I was preaching to them about. I'm going to say preach um, because I did outreach in the clubs at two o'clock in the morning. And I became known as the gift card girl because I'm always in the community talking to the youth, um, which is another reason why I joined Block and the Youth Initiative, because I feel like I'm doing the work in the tools that I learned in the program, I literally still use today. And I was, what, 24, 25 going through the program? I'm 27 now. I'm still using the things that I were taught in the different programs. I'm still advocating for the youth. I'm still educating the youth on their status and ways to protect themselves. 
That is great to hear. And you kind of answered my question after, which was, do you utilize any of the leadership skills that you attain from MX Youth Initiative in your daily life? And I know you said you do, but what skills would you say that um, you took away from the program and you use the most? So honestly, Gabriella, I will say the one thing is co-switching, like Miss Dottie and Charles and Terrell, like when they went over the piece of co-switching, I don't know why they really stuck out to me the most because I wasn't aware of what I was doing. Um, you know how you co-switch when you're on the phone with your friend and when you're at work, talk to a client. Of course, you know what co-switching is. <laughs> um, that, um, also self-care. I think the program's really helped me understand the importance of self-care and how I shouldn't be selfish to myself. Like, if I want to get my nails done and not go to dinner with my friends, girl, get your nails and go to dinner with your friends, you know, later, or have your friends come over for dinner. And that was the type of person that, you know, I was. I wouldn't do for me because I wanted to make sure I was good with other people. I guess another thing would just be being considerate um, and leading with intent. And also thinking things critically in a way, I guess, I don't know, like, it really opened up my mind. Like, I feel like I was in a college course low-key and just like an excelled college course um, going through the program. And I guess, um, I guess, like, boundaries also. I feel like both programs, no, no, no. I think it was maybe Block that touched on boundaries and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was blocked that more so touched on boundaries a bit more um, simply because you had to have boundaries established with people. And it taught me, you know, I shouldn't feel bad about setting these boundaries with people. You know, people are not going to talk to me any kind of way in the workforce or friends, family anyways. And it's okay to set those boundaries as long as, of course, you're doing it in a respectful way. But Definitely um, the youth initiative and Block. I just remember Block more for some reason, Gabriella. I don't know. Um, But definitely, I still utilize those tools in my daily life today. No, that's completely fine that you remember Block a little bit more. Maybe it was a little bit more recent. But I'm happy to hear that you learned a good couple of skills within both of those programs. Setting boundaries, self-care, code switching. So those are some great things. And almost final question is, why should one apply to the youth initiative? Oh my God. Why should one not apply to the youth initiative? It's a great program for you to have a conversation and you'll learn so many things that you thought you knew, but you really just didn't understand them like you thought you understood them. As well as just, I don't know, the opportunity. Like It's rare that People get the opportunity to be around people in that space and everything is compensated. I'm just being real. Um, Everything is compensated. You don't have to worry about how you're going to get there, how you're going to eat once you're there. No, this is a training for you to focus on the curriculum and, you know, put aside everything that you have going on in your own hometown, your own spaces back at home. I don't know. I, I just think, I don't know, if I could go back in time, I would do it over two times again and just me sharing my experiences with my friends, like they wish that they were a part of something like this. So if you have the opportunity to apply, I think you definitely should. Like, oh, why would you not? Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much for that. And then my final question is, what would you like to leave your peers? I know you answered this earlier in the question, but what are some three things that you really want youth 
out there listening to this podcast to know from Marshawn? I'm going to say to my youth, it's it's okay to not know. I feel like people feel as if you're just supposed to a lot of times know certain things about STIs and HIV when it's okay to not know. But it's also okay to pick up your phone and Google certain things and, you know, attend certain trainings around testing and building yourself as a person um, simply because, I don't know, thinking back when to my younger years, I don't know, having sex and the thought of HIV was definitely a scary thing. But as I educated myself a little bit more on HIV and after I contracted HIV, I understood that it honestly was just a thought in my head, to be honest. And I'm using I statements. Um, the scariest thing was actually just a thought in my head that I thought that I couldn't overcome. But clearly, I'm living lavish today, body looking good, skin looking good. Um, so I don't know. Education also, like I said, education and that peer-to-peer education helped me overcome my fear of HIV and all of that. So that's my first thing. My second thing, please get your self-care. It's okay to cut your phone on D&D, not answer the phone for, you know, a few hours if you need to. Listen to some music, light a candle, take a bath. You don't have to feel bad for being selfish to yourself. And then my third thing is please join a youth initiative. It's the most beneficial program, one of the most beneficial programs. I'm not going to forget about Block. So one of the most beneficial programs that I've definitely been through. It was a great experience being in that space, feeling the energy, the emotions, letting my tears out, crying, laughing, all of that. It was definitely a great space. And like I said, if I could go back in time, I would do it all over again. So those are my three things, Gabriella, I want to leave the youth with. Thank you so much, Marshawn. Those are three excellent things. I'm sure the youth will take a lot from our conversation. And before we end, I just want to leave the youth with a couple of statistics. So in the United States, approximately one in five new HIV diagnoses are young people between the ages of 13 and 24. And most of those young people, about 54%, were Black. So please go out there, get tested, Protect yourself, whatever that means for you. Just, you know, I want you to be aware of everything. So thank you so much, Marshawn. This was a great conversation. And look forward to future upcoming podcasts for our Youth Initiative All-Stars interviews. Thank you, Gabriella, for having me. And this was fun. Bye.